The Courage to Grow is Business. The Big Small Business Show made possible by MTN Business, a new world of business. And by Chartered Accountants of South Africa. Lead your industry with a responsible partner. Partner with the CASA today. They say that they are much quicker at uh, adapting their products to our needs. They say that they are much cheaper than you. What would you say, Mr. Competitor? When you talk to people about change, even though change is quite constant in our lives, they quickly think about, oh, what's going to happen? And mm. I can't control things. And it's a fact of life. Uh, change therefore needs to be managed. What we found is that compliance costs actually affect compliance behavior. Mm. And I think with the 50 billion rand shortfall that SARS is sitting with at the moment, um, one of the elements could be the compliance costs are too high. So we find the higher the compliance costs, the higher the level of evasion. Welcome to the Big Small Business Show. It's a brand new year, brand new format, and uh, we are having our first site visit today. Isn't this a lovely metaphor up here? And uh, I'm no botanist, but this looks something like a thorn tree. And it sort of represents our economy right now, which is quite thorny. And yet amongst all these thorns, you'll see up there, there is a little bird's nest. And so like us as entrepreneurs, we need to find our own nest, our own businesses. And uh, even amongst all these thorns, all these uh, obstacles, us as entrepreneurs need to find a home uh, and uh, a place to, to call our own. Now, normally we would have our uh, panel discussion, but uh, this year we are trying something brand new because entrepreneurs need to try new things all the time. And we are going out to visit an entrepreneur on site. Today we are going to meet D David uh, from Wemersoft, um, David Sitonga, and uh, we're going to see if we can help him grow his business. Uh, yes, hello. How are you? Well, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are I'm you? excited to come see your business. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Let's go. Uh, it's a great opportunity for an entrepreneur to be to meet you. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry, and uh, I'm looking forward to our session. Great, thank you. Thank you. So here we are in uh, David's makeshift office um, today, and uh, we're going to be talking to David over the next. Uh, while about his business and to try and find out what the issues are and see if I might be able to point him in any directions that might help him. So you are the first person for, for the show where we are actually going out to site. So well done for being brave. Thank you. I'm flattered <laughs> that I'm the first. And I just want to talk about how I normally do this because I generally do this in a, in a private uh, session I normally take a little longer than we have on TV and I'm going to try and follow that format as best as possible. Alright, so let's start off with the, the name. Wemersoft is the name of your business, yes. right? Um, where does the name come from? Uh, uh, the name is Wemma Software Solutions. Yeah. Uh, so a short, uh, a short form of uh, that is Wemersoft and Wemma means good in Swahili. In Swahili, yes. okay. And why is this software is so good? Uh, um, our solution is quite unique. Uh, we, we compete against companies like uh, uh, Sage, Pastel, 
uh, SAP One. And what we have uh, uh, seen, uh, like one of my clients, uh, uh, we did a presentation and they were like, uh, they have gotten other presentation from US uh, and uh, they picked ours. One, because it is very customizable. Mm -hmm. uh, because our turnaround in terms of uh, uh, from setup to go live is very short, and uh, we're able to meet with the with the users, uh, put uh, uh, take the feedback and put, uh, incorporate that into the solution. Are you an uh, accountant? Uh, no. So how did you? Why did you start? Why did you go into this type of business, e-procurement? Uh, I'm a uh, software developer uh, by profession. I did my comp uh, uh, bachelor's degree in computer science, and later on I did technology management for honors and masters. And um, I worked in an environment whereby I was developing different various sorts of sorts of systems solutions. And uh, so I uh, I got introduced to ERPs. Yes. Uh, so and um, I thought there was a unique uh, uh, there Just was a to niche for the audience. What's an ERP? Um, enterprise Resource Planner, which means uh, what? it is a software that uh, you are, you can use to manage from uh, HR, uh, finances to customers. So it, the entire corporation can be managed using one system. Okay. Yes. So so you were a developer. So why you speak about very often we we fantasize as entrepreneurs that there is a problem when there is indeed no problem, or we fantasize. Um, or quite frankly bullshit ourselves that there is actually a, an opportunity in a niche when there isn't and as soon as you might create that that the big guys might see that and just go into that themselves so tell me why you're not uh, fooling yourself um, this is competition mm -hmm. absolutely and uh, um, going against uh, established companies is not easy especially when you are a small uh, guy um, the advantage of, of a small companies is that um, they can innovate much faster. Mm -hmm. uh, you can uh, see other solutions and, uh, and uh, identify a gap and be able to address it. Well, uh, most companies will want a big company to deal with. Uh, see, it gives you uh, um, an opportunity to get to start where those big companies are not. Um, so where, where is that gap? What is your gap? What what what? If I had to choose between one of the big guys and mm -hmm. you, why would I choose you? Uh, number one is in terms of uh, the the uh, if you go if you're a big company and uh, uh, you want a, a a solution, of course you go to SAP. But there are companies who cannot afford SAP. Okay. Yet uh, solutions like Sage don't uh, address. Uh, I'm, I'm carry on talking. I'm just writing words. Uh -huh. Solutions like uh, S uh, Sage uh, do, are not as dynamic as, or they are not rich in terms of functions uh, as SAP. So that's where we come. We bridge that gap. So what is the difference? Let's go for the, the because affordability we're speaking about is your is it seems to be your so price is is how you're competing. Uh, is that right? Uh, that is, is it is a factor. It is a okay. factor. What else? Uh, features. So you've got different features to, yes. to, to the others? To the others, yes. And how quickly can they create those features? Once they see your product out there in the market, can't they just copy? Um, they can. Let's call it the competition. Let's just use the word the competition. competition. Okay. So you're saying that you've got quick turnaround time in terms of doing, you're saying that you are adaptable to their needs? Absolutely. 
I'm Is that what you fast, said? Yes. And you fast? Yes. Okay. Uh, unlike uh, the bigger For, companies. Okay. Which, so, so, so how long will that last? And, um, so how long will you be fast? And also another advantage of being fast. Answer my question. Mm -hmm. don't, don't give me a script. Listen, how long will you be faster than them? Uh, and how can you prove that? If I said to you on your marks, they said go, right, make a change. How do you know that you're faster? How, how, how do you prove that? Uh, our turnout could be between a day to a week uh, yeah. to put a, a substantial change on the system. Okay. Uh, yes. All right. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a little game with you. All right. So now you are one of the competitors, mm -hmm. right? I am the co potential client. I'm the client, right? And you're the competitor. And now I'm speaking to you and I'm saying, um, Mr. Competitor, there's a guy out there, his name is David Sitonga, he's the founder of a company called Wemersoft. They say that they are much quicker at uh, adapting their product to our needs. They say that they are much cheaper than you. What would you say, Mr. Competitor? Mm. What we, would you say? We can try and uh, uh, meet. Uh, beat their deadlines. What else would you say? Um, uh, also, a factor you should consider is that uh, the experience of the company, our company is much bigger. We have been in the market for uh, for so many years. So why is that uh, important to me? Uh, because you might need uh, experience, you might need uh, um, uh, a portfolio to see this company is more stable. And, okay. um, yes. All right. Okay, we're going to now, uh, from my experience, have to take a break now. When we come back, I'm going to ask you some more tough comp uh, questions. Okay, thank you. All right, we'll be right back straight after this. Okay. Welcome back. Uh, I'm sitting here with uh, David Sitonga, who is the founder of Wemersoft. Uh, they do e-procurement software, and David is our first uh, experiment, actually, but something I think we're going to be doing a lot of this year, which is go on site to the entrepreneurs in their place of work. So, David, I've, I've been trying to put you into a different position here, a different mindset, where I've asked you to be the competitor who's competing against you. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I'm doing that is because very often as an entrepreneur, we, we bullshit ourselves that, that, you know, about our opportunities. We start talking here that we're more affordable. We start talking about that, you know, you're telling us that you, you've got a quicker turnaround time and all these wonderful things. But it's, I think it's very important and for you to understand what the competition would be saying about you. Because the moment you put yourself in their shoes, which is what I'm trying to do, and I'm going to push you a little harder now, is we start to see what we need to do in order to counter that. So I want to go back into, into a role play here, where I'm the, your, the, the client, you are the competitor, your competitor, and we're talking about, I'm the client, I'm asking you, um, Mr. Competitor, 
Why are you much better than Wemersoft? What do, what do you have that they don't have? Mm -hmm. We started talking about the fact that you've got a portfolio and that you've got experience. What else? Give me two more things that, mm -hmm. that, that you have that uh, Wemersoft doesn't have. Uh, also, we are more uh, staffed. We have more staff who... Uh, okay. um, so in case uh, one person is away, uh, you, you still um, have other people who can be able to, to assist you. Okay, um, so that's continuity. Absolutely. Right? Um, and um, and one, uh, one more thing. Um, uh, solution, uh, we have, uh, have a lot of uh, experience in finances to do research and to be able to, uh, to innovate our solution. So um, our solution is uh, you can be assured that uh, going forward, it, 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 we can look in the future and we can be more innovative. Okay, so it's going to evolve, iterate. Yes. Okay. All right, so I've written down four things here, right? You gave me two things. You gave me affordability mm -hmm. and you gave me turnaround time, all right? Yes. Turnaround. So these are your two weapons, okay? And they've got these four weapons. I'm sure they've got more, but these are the ones that you know they're going to kind of fight you with. So why I do this is because what I want us to talk about now is your portfolio mm -hmm. versus theirs, how do we build that? Your experience versus theirs, how do we express that? Your staff versus theirs, how do we build that or bolster that? And then their ability to iterate and, and evolve their product and how do you counter that? Okay, mm -hmm. because if this is their strengths and this is your strength, we can talk about this in the two in two different ways but what I don't want you to do is put your head in the sand and bury yourself in the the falsehood that you can fight just on these two okay so we have to deal with your portfolio so let's talk about your portfolio and remember I spoke about earlier about being mm -hmm. straightforward how many clients do you have we have about 14 clients 14 yes all right, so 14 clients. Over what period? Over four years. Over four years. So that would be, what is that? That's about three and a half clients a year. Three, yeah. Okay, and, what, what are, and how did you get those clients? Um, most of them uh, is through marketing, uh, online marketing. Yes. Uh, so they go to, um, to Google, search for procurement system, and uh, they find us. Okay. Uh, yes. And, and why do they stay with you? Uh, they are quite happy with the solution. Um, how do you know that? Um, I usually um, ha uh, make a point of uh, visiting my clients. How often? And uh, at least um, once every two or three months. Okay. Yes. And how often do they uh, refer other clients to you? Uh, not as yet. I haven't gotten a Okay. And have you ever asked them to? Because uh, if they're happy, Surely they are, are would refer. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the client we are in a in a process of uh, um, uh, partnership partner with them. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that is, should be a sign that um, they are quite happy. Another client want to um, uh, add some more modules from our uh, from our system uh, to extend their solution using ours. Yes. Um, and do they pay you for that? Mm -hmm. Yes. They pay uh, you for the, the, for the, the modules? Yes. 
And uh, another one, another client, um, the uh, they have portfolios of companies. We have done implemented one. They have five more companies in South Africa, and they don't also want to uh, uh, to introduce the procurement to those other companies. This next year. Why is your software good? Just last question before we take a break. Uh -huh. Why is your Why have you got really good software? Uh, uh, if I can use the words of one of my clients, was that. Um, um, I sent him an email and asked him, uh, did you go through the system? It was like uh, I went through the system. And one thing that uh, uh, stood out is that uh, oh, some of my staff are not computer literate. Yet they were able to find their way easily through the system. So that sort of usability, uh, whereby you don't need someone who has a diploma in computer to use it. Um, so it is... Uh, yeah. Great, we're going to have to take a break now. After the break, we'll come to our concluding remarks and I'm going to try and give David some places to go and uh, think about in terms of the strategy moving forward for his business. Welcome back. Uh, we are with David Gitonga from Wemasoft, uh, and uh, this is the final part of our uh, on-site uh, interview with, with David. David has a, an e-procurement software business, and uh, we have been going through quite a tough, um, I think, interaction now, quite a vulnerable interaction, and I have to give David a kudos here because um, he's, he's been very vulnerable. But why it's important to be vulnerable, especially when you're working with a mentor or somebody who's working with you, is that if you give a veneer of what's going on, let's call it the marketing version of what's going on, you can never get to the actual solution. And for me, what David uh, is uh, uh, doing here is quite, quite classic. It's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't blame him at all in terms of the kinds of mistakes that he is making right now same mistakes that I made as, a, as an inexperienced entrepreneur. And the first thing, Dave, that, David, that we, we were speaking about now is the fact that you've got to be putting yourself in the shoes of your competitor. You have to have the, 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 the courage to, to compete with yourself and fight against you in terms of how you would see them fighting against you. And then put up your defenses. So there's two parts to the strategy. The one is your defenses and the other is what you're going to attack with. So your defenses here, if you know they're going to attack the fact that you're, you've got, they've got a big portfolio and you've got none, start building your portfolio. If you know that they're going to use their years of experience against you, you have to work out a strategy how you're going to talk about your experience, how you're going to package your experience, whether it's how many years you've been in development, uh, software development, etc the team that you've worked with, the, you know, the, the amount of experience that you've had in this particular industry. So that's, um, that's the second thing. The number of staff that, that you have, this is always an interesting one whether you include all your suppliers as your, your staff or you don't. Um, when you talk about a team of 10 or 15 or is it just a one-man band, so it's you, maybe you sitting here in this little room here like most entrepreneurs starting off and doing just here but after four years I'm sure you, you, you have to have interacted with other developers over time and your ability to iterate and I think that's one of the strengths I would even move that here 
I suppose in your turnaround that they said that you can turn around. The second side of your strategy, so this is, so your port, just, just to be clear, your portfolio, you have to talk about the 14 different businesses, right? Um, what types of industries they're in, cut them into different industries. So let's say five of them are in a particular type of industry, let's call it the service industry. You could say, you know, I don't know what percentage five is out of 14, but you could say like 35% of our clients are in the, in the uh, services industry. Um, so you're not lying, you just, you are speaking about, uh, as a percentage about what, what your, your clients, what, where they come from. The, sec the second uh, side which I want to talk about, because we've got little time here, is around these three things. I think the biggest uh, angle that you have out of the three I would never, if you've watched the show, and I know you have because you tweeted in to be on the show, you'll know that I, I, I strongly disagree with fighting on price. You'd rather fight on value. But usability is valuable to somebody. And I think now coming to the niche, in terms of where you go, you need to find a market where usability is very important. In other words, the people who are using the software are not at the level that other big businesses would have and therefore would require a piece of software that is commensurate with their level of sophistication around um, uh, using computers and computer software. That would be where I would go target. So just listening to you here, my sphere would be here. And I would spend all my time now as a strategy, all my time building the system to be more and more usable. So in terms of competing against all the other guys, they might, as you, as you quite rightly say, you might need a degree to use their software. It's very sophisticated and it is very important for a particular market. But there is a whole other market which you need to tap into, which is around the usability. I can't, um, I can't help myself bring Kumaran into, into this uh, conversation. If Kumaran were, were here, He'd be, we'd be talking about, or he'd be talking about sales, about being deliberate around sales. And if you're telling me that you're going after your clients using Google and, and social media, it's obviously not working. I don't know how you're not skin and bone, I don't know how you are eating on 14 clients, right? So it's, it's not working. And to me, it's about building your, you've got some brochure where, to me, it's the courage to go out and knock on doors. You're a very nice guy, you're very approachable, you don't, don't bullshit yourself to, to the fact that somebody else would be better at selling. You, you, you have an authenticity. Use your authenticity. You have an ability to listen and then bring that back and actually do something for a client. You use that now. So to me, just in a nutshell, you go for a defensive, your defensive strategy here is around going to build up your portfolio, your experience, your staff, and your ability to iterate in terms of how a client would see that. But that's not what you're going to fight on. You're going to fight on usability. Okay. And once you fight on usability, your software will become more and more usable. It will become your differentiator. And, and that, together with a deliberate strategy going out to client, like literally that hard thing about being rejected, you know, that thing that we all hate, you have to go out there and be rejected a thousand times. And unless you have the courage to be rejected, 
you're not going to build this business. So you've got to make a choice. The pain of being in inverted commas poor, unsuccessful, or the pain of rejection, your choice. What do you choose? Absolutely, oh, you have to go out and, uh, and, uh, and sell. Yeah, and uh, you have to have something to sell, which mm -hmm. is going to be this product, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it uh, for our uh, first uh, on-site uh, show today. Um, David, David uh, was, uh, uh, I have to say, a nice uh, first um, partner to, to work with, uh, being open and vulnerable. And uh, many small businesses start humbly like, th like this one here, minded to, as did most of yours out there. And it is uh, these people who start off and have the courage to build something um, that are the backbone of our economy. And we are coming out there to speak to you and to help you become part of the 4% of businesses that actually succeed. Up next. When we have to give someone bad news, you wish you can send them an email mm. or a WhatsApp rather than face to face and mm. say, we need to talk about change. A warm, warm welcome back to the big small business show. Big small business show. Now we're continuing our leadership series. And my guest today in studio is none other than Noliti Fakude, who is director of uh, many companies. And uh, some are more famous than others, but they all are quite famous. And today, uh, Noliti and I are going to be having a discussion around change management as a key competence for leaders. Welcome, Nolita. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Alon. Thanks for the invitation. All right. So, so, you know, recently we've had a couple of discussions around leadership, about leadership during the growth phase of a business, leadership when a, a, a business contracts. Businesses are never static. There's always change, whether it's external or internal, there's always change. How do I gain this competence? Do I have to... Do I have it innately? Can I learn to have a competence in terms of how I manage ch change? How do I actually, you know, we, people speak about change management, but how do I, as a leader, get it if, if I don't have it? Well, the, the, the issue around having the competence of change management has got a lot to do with the personality type of the person. Yeah. Uh, most of us are easier with change we we kind of embrace it and work with it to see the outcomes but some of us are not that easy when you talk to people about change even though change is quite constant in our lives they quickly think about oh what's going to happen and mm. i can't control things and it's a fact of life uh, change therefore needs to be managed and it's a competence that we believe you can build over time by doing certain things. Such as? So certain things such as thinking about what are the key questions you have to ask yourself when someone is saying we are going to change from having this particular TV slot from 8 o'clock to it going to 10 o'clock. Mm -hmm. uh, you ask yourselves why do we have to change and what is this change about? And thirdly, how is it going to be done such that it can be embraced and more more the how 
is always forgotten by people. Mm. They focus on the what, the fact that we have to change, mm. and they forget about the how. And more often than not, that's where things fall apart. And then lastly, it's the timing. Because when we know those four key questions and we have a sense of what is going to happen, why it's happening, how it's happening, and when it's going to happen, then you start getting people to listen and buy in to what you want to propose. And of course, your, your competency as a leader uh, can determine the, whether that change is a successful change or a disaster. Th that's very true. That's why we, when we talk about human capacity and competence nowadays, we say one of the critical competences that leaders require, need to have, is that of being able to manage change. Because it means you have empathy. You think about the other person. Mm -hmm. Be in the person's walk in their shoes. If I say to the person, we have to talk about job losses, what does that mean? And how do you therefore have that conversation? So empathy is an important element of building that competence of change management. Secondly, the, the, the issues around um, interdependencies, if this changes, what else is affected? Mm. Talk about those issues. And often as leaders, because you've thought about the vision long in advance, and you've planned and you can see it happening, you forget to take your people along with you. And that competence is about also taking your people along with you during the process of change, meaning communications, mm. communicating with people, face-to-face -face communication, we found that it's a competence uh, and a skill that most people use as and when it suits them. When we have to give someone bad news, you wish you can send them an email mm. or a WhatsApp rather than face-to-face -face and mm. say, we need to talk about change. And these are the reasons. So that's, that's how you build your competence. You build it through practicing various small steps around talking to people about why things need to change and how they're going to change and what will be the impact to everyone as honestly as possible. So, so the, in essence, the change management competence is, a, is, a, is a, a thought through communication. How do you communicate, think through and communicate the change? One of the um, views is, and I want to get your, your view on this, is, is around the fact that you don't just come to people with, here's the change, that, that you almost leak it into the system slowly. So people get used to the concept, mm -hmm. can think about it. And, and it's not just this one big reveal, this one yeah. big announcement that you, that the, the, you know, discussions are happening and it's the, the system and the organization is getting used to the idea of change. Your thoughts? That, that, that's very true, Alon. That, that's why it's important to start with why the change? What is the business case for change? Mm. Why do we need to change? Maybe we are growing, maybe we are losing customers, maybe we've got new technology we need to introduce, maybe we're even moving to a new building. So that's, that's the business case for change. Mm. Some people call it the burning platform. What's the burning platform? And once everyone in the organization has bought into that reason of why we need to change, through these various communications and conversations that you're talking about, 
the next thing that people would want to know is what exactly are the two, three key things that we have to change to make sure that this change is successful. Mm. Uh, you need, therefore, as a leader to be able to tell people and say, you know, once we make these changes, it means more customers, it means we work better if we're changing processes, or it means that our stakeholders are actually going to be much more happier because we now have changed a particular way of doing things to another. So the, it's not as uh, linear as I'm talking about because nothing is ever linear in management, but the conversation has got to happen in full. Why are we changing? What are we changing? And then more importantly, talk to the people. How are we going to do this? How best do we do this? Sometimes the best idea is about how to change mm. the process. Comes from the Comes people. From the people. Mm. So that's when you start the conversation. And also that's when we get the buy-in mm. from everybody because now people will say, ah, you know what, we've been thinking about this for a long time that actually we need not drink water from the glass. We need to be drinking it from a cup. Mm. And we know how to do it cheaper and better. And therefore the how becomes important because we include everybody who's going to be affected. And the timing obviously of when those changes would happen. Um, would come into the conversation as well. Very quickly, last question, we've got very little time left, is around, you speak about all the people that are actually, that buy into it, but not everyone always buys into it. There's always those people who don't. What, what very quickly, what would your strategy be around dealing with those people? Do we exit them? Do we still keep trying to get them? come along what do we do with them <laughs> you don't do the the, the the definitely you don't upfront do the fit in or fit out yes. kind of conversation no. um, it's that's why I'm coming back to the process being important because by the time you implement and effect the change you should have enough of a critical mass of people who have bought into the change and are less resistant to the idea so that those people can role model the benefits of the new change and hopefully the late uh, bloomers and those who are the late uh, takers will see that there are benefits. And obviously there's a point as a leader where you say, you know what, this is now the time that I expect everybody to be on the bus. And if by now you are not ready to get onto the bus, maybe it's time you, you get off the bus. Mm. And, and those conversations will happen and take place as long as you know that you have helped people throughout the process by talking through about the change and how and what's in it for them. Why is it going to be good for everyone? And it may not be good for everyone, we know, but why is it good and important for the organization? which is what we're all working towards making sure is a success. Noletia Fakude, we have to get off the bus right now. <laughs> um, I look forward to continuing the series with you. Thanks for being in the studio. Thank you very much, Alain. Thank you. What, what, what does compliance cost mean? Let's start there. All right. First of all, it's not the tax that you pay. So it's the actual cost to comply with paying your tax. Yes. So there's three basic elements to it. The first one is your internal cost. So that's if you're a business, for instance, it's the person, your accountant, your bookkeeper that you pay. It would be her or his cost. Mm -hmm.